Hi, and welcome back to the European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love the show, share it with your friends and join our newsletter at eu.vc. This is a special EU VC episode straight from the Engage Investments Conference in Prague, hosted by our friends from Depot Ventures. A big shout out to Peter, who was kind enough to invite us. This is the recording of the panel, Why Should Business Angels Invest in VC? which had the participation of our host Andreas alongside Peter, partner at Depot Ventures, Mick, founding partner at fstage.vc, Voita, partner at Presto Ventures, and Tobias, who's an angel investor. If you enjoy our content, do support us by hitting the follow button, giving us a review, and following the European VC on LinkedIn. Now we're going to talk about why business angels should invest into VC. Um, and I always think that for this type of conversation to be fair, we should start with a conversation about who the hell are we, where, where are we coming from, and, and, and what is thus also the motives behind <laughs> what we say. Um, if I start, we are the European VC. We do a bunch of uh, uh, content and events and community work in the VC scene, connecting angels to VCs. And then we do LP syndicates. So that means we bring people, just as we spoke about co-investing in via syndicates into startups, we do that into venture funds as well. Um, so that's me. And then maybe I just ask you guys to run really through quickly and tell us about who you are. And then also add to that why or how you work with angels when it comes and why angels invest with you into your fund. So Peter, Peter, would you start? Yeah, thank you. Well, for us, it's easy. We, we are VC for angels. Uh, so we are uh, working with angels, uh, enabling angels to start to, to, to invest, but we behave like uh, professional VCs because we see that uh, in general in Europe, uh, angels uh, are not don't have enough uh, capacity to to lead deals to be to be full time uh, full time angels. So we run angel funds, we run the angel syndicate, we run angel angel network. Yeah, Tobias obviously <laughs> will skip you because <laughs> you're an angel. But I'll come. I am an I, yeah, I'm an angel investor. Uh, I have prior experience working at two startups. I was working uh, at UiPath and at Rossum. And before that, I was working on the other side of the fence. I was 15 years with Accenture, and I spent time with Teradata and IBM. Um, so, so when I became, I, I kind of became an angel uh, this year, actually, early this year. So I'm still in the induction period, I would say. But, but my, my choice was to invest through a VC fund. And, and the reason for that were, I think, there were a few major reasons. One is, as a, as a single small angel, there is no way I can generate the pipeline and, and manage all the qualification process by myself. And I would not be able also to do the, the follow-up you know, during the lifetime of the investment or, or to manage the exits. And at the same time, it would be very hard to be relevant for the startups right? as a, as a single, single person. So, so that, that VC fund actually takes all the the hard work away from me, and I'm left only with the interesting stuff, which is talking to the qualified startups. 
uh, that gives me the opportunity also to, to speak with the, with the founders and eventually, hopefully, be able to mentor some of them who are interested in that. Yeah. Uh, and, and just before we continue, I'll ask all of you in here to, you know, jump in if you have something that you want to say or ask a question, just raise your hand and then we'll, we'll come to you. So feel free to think, you know, if you hear something here, ah, I want to comment on that, then feel free to do so because we've got plenty of time. Mick, let's go on. Yeah, uh, my name is Mick. We founded F-Stage um, this year in March. And we, today we're kind of like having this launch event, sort of, because now we are up and ready. But the problems that we uh, uh, started to address, uh, these were based on our own experience. And um, as earlier was mentioned, um, the angel investors' work is really um, uh, time-consuming, <laughs> and I had nothing to do but uh, spending my time, so I had the time. But then, um, as being 20 years uh, business owner, then I always relied on assistants and the project manager and somebody else and now it's just me and my dog and then I found that well uh, it's um, it's it, it needs some sort of like uh, process behind that and uh, I've always loved this optimization so uh, yeah this this year we uh, late sorry this year, uh, this September we kind of uh, started acting and now we have process and we we, um, we feel that we don't know a thing the more we learn less we know so how could we engage uh, competence, but uh, having their skin in the game, and I also try to mentor them, and then I realized that, well, uh, sometimes mentors, they just can't get on board. The ticket size is just too small, and, and startups say, well, we need like more like 100K, 200K, so you're not worthy. Even though the um, mentors, they would provide a lot of value, so, and then they, they don't get paid enough. So how to address these groups? So now we have a structure, and now we, we do the hard work, which is really hard, in one end, uh, and also we engage the competence, and then we get startups funded and educated. And we have also the mentorship afterwards, so up to 18 months. Yeah. And Wojta, mm -hmm. exited founder, yes. not done angel investments, and now pure VC. Am I right? I've done some of the angel investment. Yeah. Uh, when I sold my startup to a company called Workday, and I turned into the corporate structure, the angel investing was one of the things which keep me sane. <laughs> it was get, in, get connected back to the, the world I knew, and I was like sensible. Uh, I did like six or seven investments. Most of them were much by heart. I was looking for people who were from the Czechia with interesting product, stuff like that. Uh, through the time I realized that this approach is not sufficient enough and I need some market research expertise, due diligence. And in general, I, I read some, uh, some study that angel investors which spend less than 20 hours on due diligence and market research will make like 1.1 multiple. <laughs> and uh, if you do like 40 and more, you can achieve like seven plus multiple. <laughs> and that's not only investments, but on all the deals which are coming through. And I realized I need a bigger vehicle, so I joined uh, Presto Ventures. And we did uh, 20 investments in a year of our existence of the second fund. So now, now I'm a VC. Yeah. yeah, and now we've just run through this panel. I'd love to just understand you a bit better. Could I just ask those of you who are VCs to raise your hand? So that's 
40, 40% or so. And the rest of you are angels. Yeah, pretty much. And then I've got a final question, which is how many of you, and feel free if you don't want to declare, but how many of you have done an LP ticket, meaning investment into a fund? So that is actually around 35, 40%. Okay, and so I actually think that we, 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 we had a very good discussion or you guys stating a very good reason why you would do LP tickets. And I think that it's a bit in the name that people are sometimes forgetting because it's a limited partner, right? So it's you're a limited partner. That means that, that, that you don't really have that hands-on approach as you would if you were a direct investor. Um, but what I also like about that limited word is, or, and what's maybe a bit vexing about it is that being limited can be many different things. Some funds, you'll be limited in terms of, well, we love your money, but that's also pretty much it. <laughs> and, and other funds are like your model saying, well, you're a limited partner with us, but our whole model is built around working with you. And I'd love for you to, Peter, if you just dive a bit deeper into your model and how that works. Because I think that, that this is really interesting, and I think it's interesting how many we've had up here who have spoken much about how they work with their LP base or, or co-investing angels, because it's actually not that usual for a VC fund to be that engaging with their LP base. So, Peter, please, please take us through your model. Yeah. Well, basically, we treat all of our investors as angel investors, uh, and uh, we show them much more than typical VC. So we show them all of our deal flow, uh, so they can they can look on our all our deals, not only deals that we invested. We uh, invite all of our uh, investors to take part in the decision making process. You know, on the workshops, investment workshops, they can. They don't. They, they don't have to. They are not. Nobody is obliged. And uh, um, basically, if, if uh, I've, I've been always saying, especially the first fund, that it's uh, not a fund. It's an incubator for uh, angel investors. Yeah. You know, just uh, because uh, investors can can invest the ticket uh, uh, by investing in one rolling fund. They have uh, 15 companies in portfolio, and they can then start investing uh, alongside. You know, one per year. Uh, two, two investments per year, doesn't matter. But it's important that they already have the portfolio because I think for all of us here, uh, the worst scenario is uh, that we see investors... Uh, um, Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah now it's better. Yeah, thank you. I will, I will put it here. Yeah, I will, I will here. So investors that uh, done one deal uh, or two deals and didn't work, obviously, and then they go around to the market and say, no, you know, startups sucks. They, they you know, it's, it's a terrible thing, you know, it's, it's crazy. So we don't, we, we don't want to see them. So I, I tell, I tell all, all angel investors, okay, you start investing, but first thing you do, you invest in the fund, uh, you, uh, you create your portfolio because, uh, hey, creating portfolio of 30, 40 companies, uh, it's a full-time job for three years. So uh, I cannot imagine anybody doing it without the... Uh, amazing team like like we have for example you know just without the team it's impossible yeah and and, and then to be as so you just described a bit how you yeah. are a limited partner i'd love to hear a bit more how you think about it and also about your process of selecting that fund um yeah. so because god knows there are many funds out there <laughs> <laughs> so and I, i'm sure many of you who are angels here you're also being pitched funds uh, uh quite often so so how did you go through that process of selecting 
who would you put your yeah. money with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I have to confess that this was not a structured exercise, that it was uh, mostly a coincidence. Yeah. But I think it, 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 and it was just here actually in this space uh, <laughs> where I met the, the representatives of, of, of Deepo Ventures. I think I can reveal that. And, uh, but, but I think there were several aspects, you know, that kind of subconsciously I was, I was looking for. And uh, part of that was uh, the, the, the process uh, that the, the VC fund has, essentially. And uh, the way they generate the pipeline, what are the criteria? They are looking at uh, how they would like to see the involvement of the limited partners. I mean, I had an, I mean, I was an early investor at Credo Ventures 12 years ago. And at that time, this was, Compared to what I have today, it was fairly hands-off exercise. And it was very valid for my stage in life, you know, and the time yeah. that I could have spent, that was very valid. But, but today I was, and with my startup experience, I was looking for something which gives me much more access to the, to the visibility to the pipeline, so the transparency level, and, um, and the ability to actually influence, uh, not 100%, but, but to have, a, I would say, certain exercise, certain level of influence over the investment decision too. So, so this was important, uh, one of the important factors, you know, that, that drove me to, to become LP at, at Depot. Uh, I think it's also important to, to discuss with the, with the, with the fund uh, how they view the exits, you know. What is their approach to, to follow up investments? So how, I mean, how will you get access to your money, right? How will you get, what is the value realization approach yeah. from, from an LP perspective? Because uh, there's always a lot of talk about how do we invest, but I think we need to also speak, you know, how do we find finish the fund, right? Essentially, how do we exit? So understanding all of that, I think, is, is, um, is our important aspects from, I think, from an angel perspective. Uh, you know, what is the level of involvement? What is the process? How do they manage exits? Uh, how do they generate pipeline? Obviously, what is their selection criteria? What kind of businesses they would like to invest yeah. to? And what is their level ex of expertise in the domain? And is that domain that you are willing to actually be involved with? Right? Yeah. And that's also important. And I think that you brought, brought up, you know, two <laughs> interesting know. juxtaposing investment types, right? Because Credo, amazingly performing fund, no doubt about that. But it's a different way of being an LP than, than and, you know, not talking about it. It was, about, weighed, yeah. it it was different, different at that at that time but at least. Relevant at, the, at that, you know, life, 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 uh, lifetime stage, you know, yeah. that I was at at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Uh, Mick, tell us a bit about how do you involve the group and, and, and what is the value at? What do you see why angels come to you and, and co-invest with you and invest into the fund? Yeah. Um, First of all, we um, rather struggle with angels because they are um, so smart. They think they can do everything by themselves. <laughs> and as uh, Peter mentioned, well, uh, it's like takes a lot of time to get somewhere. But uh, as they are not uh, full-time investors, then they kind of uh, overestimate their capabilities. So what we do is actually we, we target these uh, soon to be investor type of uh, experts, specialists, market uh, players that are really uh, high at uh, their uh, competence in some field, and we try to convert them into an uh, investor. So uh, first of all, we uh, offer them the chance to mentor, and they're eager to mentor. Uh, they, they generate value uh, for companies and, and businesses, but then they kind of get thank you, and that's not quite enough. Yeah. So. What we give them at first is just an opportunity to, um, to get to know to these 25 companies that we have in our batch. 
then they realize how can they provide value for these companies. And usually it ends up that in a way that we, um, once we've done this pre-screening, then we need to set some sort of like KPIs or OKRs that they need to achieve during these two months of validation period. And then we have like weekly mentoring, weekly like uh, reporting. And, and, and this is a time where um, these early investors, they can actually um, get to understand these companies and then they provide value and then they start discussing and then they start revealing the details I could have not known myself. Yeah. So this is basically one point when we learn and once we have all these 25 companies like finished, then we have great benchmark when we can all already like understand which are the top performers yeah. and why these uh, would be a fit for our portfolio. So in a way we uh, with this like, 10K ticket, we give them back a portfolio of 10 companies within like four months. So it's quite a good uh, speed in a way, but also they can, uh, um, they can amplify the money that they um, uh, inserted into this uh, deal. So basically it might be like 10, 10K means like 1,000 euro per company, not much. So you need to work really hard. But um, in the end, uh, always somebody sees red flags, somebody else didn't. So it's, it's like a combination of, of the wisdom and knowledge. And also um, today we spoke about uh, how there's like a loud voice and small ticket. So uh, we changed that in a way that uh, we don't care about the money, um, the competence counts. So everybody has one vote. And surely we have this, uh, the issue that what if the good democracy becomes a bad democracy? Yeah. So this, this we have to really maintain. Yeah. It's interesting because so we run a syndicate of 550 investors that are doing anything from 1,000 euros into a fund to 75,000 typically. Typically, the minimum ticket to into a fund is 100K from a regulatory standpoint, and then you've got many that do 250 or 500 as the minimum. So that's, of course, why a syndicate is relevant and why, why we have a role to play. But it's interesting to look at why people invest into, into these syndicates and into, into funds. And what we're seeing is, for sure, there are people that are just putting money to, to you know, because it's an al asset allocation strategy. They're saying, I'm doing angel activities. I just want to complement that with a fund that gives me much like the Credo model that they, when, when you invested in Credo 12 years ago. Um, but then we also have the ones that come in and, because they actually want to add value to the GP and want to get involved directly into the investments. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is where I'm seeing that, that the models are so different because what you're doing, both of you are saying, well, if you come in to our fund, we also give you a service of, of joining you and getting you together around our deals. Whereas for us, all the deals I'd say almost that, that we do, we only have, so we set up a, a, you know, a method of, of, of of connecting with the GP through which you can add value if they ask for it, if the GP asks, so GP, general partner of the venture fund, if they ask for it. Or you can also say, I've got this deal, I think it, I think it could be really exciting for you, take a look at it. And then the GP looks at it, but it is, it is, you know, from a, it's a quality standpoint, right, that you need to bring something to the VC that's interesting enough for the VC to actually want to engage with, where your, your model is much more inclusive and much more focused on, on actually working with the investors. 
So I think that's important when you talk about limited partners and think about how do I do I want to invest into a fund. You know, there's very different modus of operandi for most funds, and the majority of the funds work as I just described. If you bring money to them, that's good. If you also bring stuff that's relevant, then perfect. But if you don't, you are still a limited partner, and we we're not here to. Play take you and, and, and make sure that you're happy as, as someone who wants to get actively involved. So I think that's an important part and why it's an interesting panel here because it's two very different models from a typical VC fund. If I may add, add some, some points. Yep. So basically, we also have a, um, a clause in our investment agreement where the investors invest with us, so they have to mentor. Yep. So unless they don't mentor, we, are, uh, we could uh, rip half of the proceeds from them. <laughs> so basically, it's quite harsh, but uh, but also we are targeting only uh, type of mentors that investors that would want to mentor, and since we have this 18 months uh, mentorship after we invest, so basically uh, we try to engage our investors pool as, as much as possible. But in extreme cases, we might reach out to external mentors should we not have enough uh, like um, expert expertise or competence in our uh, mentors pool. But uh, we see that um, sometimes uh, mentors are unable to provide uh, like support up to 18 months. So they run out of the juice, let's say, like maybe in a few months, maybe in after a few meetings. But this was the necessary expertise the startup was looking for at the time. So that was done. So the mentor did what he could. And it, it's now, now time, time to pass it on. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to hear a bit about the Presto model. Uh, where do you lie on this spectrum and how do you engage with, uh, with your angel investors? Uh, there is a saying in Hollywood uh, that the Oscars are the more famous, but the Golden Globes are, is the better party. Yeah. And I like to think about our fund in the same way. <laughs> of course, there are some older and more famous funds. We love to throw parties. We are very authentic. We want our... <laughs> LPs to be authentic as well. And we tend to choose startups which uh, are aligned with this vision. Yeah. So we are trying to mingle them as much as possible and let the spontaneous friendships or mentoring opportunities come up. Of course, if some of our angels want to join the deal, we are more than happy to. Yeah. We love to do even more of the angel participation than expected yeah. through the fund. So it's more about our relationship with the LPs and how they want to contribute yeah. to the overall fund. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that you know, for any of you, if you're considering LP tickets, then then do think through what is it that you want from that relationship and make sure that you get that. Um, most funds don't give it, you know, in a binding legal manner. They say this is how we would like to work with you, but making it contingent on on the relationship actually leading to value. Um, any of you have questions so far? Comments? Then I'd proceed to the, uh, the, the next question that I have for you, which is, if you're an angel thinking about doing a venture fund investment, what would you say is the one thing you should be most wary of? And I think we should start it over 
with uh, with you. What was the question? Uh, every time I'm the last, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just look for <laughs> I asked. I, sorry. Now, now we're about to show that that you don't listen, and I don't think that you can hardly remember. <laughs> no, but my 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 question was: uh, What's the one thing that you would say an angel investor should be wary about mm. when investing into a venture fund? What 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 should they look for and be? be aware of is maybe a bad thing? Of course, the overall financial mathematics. I think there are still funds who take uh, advantage of the less experienced angels. And uh, I would love to speak with all of the partners to understand better of their vision, like if they are in for it like for a year or two, or if like most of us for some longer stint, and why they want to help startups in the first place, if they see it only as a finance in, finance out, <laughs> or if there is some deeper meaning in, in what they do. Yeah. Mick? Uh, it's a good question. Um, actually, we um, ended up realizing um, we are still the same people as we were working for in the normal companies. So basically, things that mattered at the time mattered these days as well. So. Um, we want to meet with uh, all of our investors, if in person, then better, to understand whether our um, values are aligned, if our ethics levels are equal. Um, so basically, we are in, in the same ship. We need to think likewise. Um, I'd always felt that I'm, I'm out, outside of the group uh, until I met you yesterday. So. The reasons why somebody would uh, join us, uh, what sort of competence they bring, how they would patch up our holes, so how can we uh, become better and whole? Because yeah, I'm sort of like business owner trying to make the ship not sinkable and fill all the holes with my um, investors slash mentors. Yeah. So this is what I'm after. So I'm building a team anyhow. Yeah. And then when we select new members, startups, yeah. Yeah. so we have to be aligned as well. Yeah. This is, I think that this is the, the most important criteria yeah. for us. It's actually interesting because it, that's the same reason why we see GPs coming to us and saying, could we do a syndicate together? Because they're seeing they have all these people around them, but who can't make the minimum ticket. And as a VC fund that's 50 million or whatever, you know, you can't spend too much time on collecting 10K tickets, 15K tickets. So that's where someone like us who is industrializing that for them really makes it work because they, they can then all of a sudden say, well, I don't care that much about how much money you bring, but you actually patch a hole in my ship. And for that reason, I'd love to bring you on as investor. Uh, so, so I just wanted to say that I think that 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 whole approach of thinking more about how you can involve angels as, as co-investors or as LPs is something we're seeing much more of. Um, mm. But do, do, <laughs> do see if, you know, you come with a different perspective, so I'm curious no, to hear. I think it's, it's, it's hard. To, I mean, I've been thinking and listening, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to add, you know, what, what could be some kind of the, the red flags. But I think, uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it's two things, right, that are important from an uh, overarching perspective. One is kind of the fairness to all the parties involved. So investors and startups for the most part. I mean, we don't want to screw up the investors and you don't want to screw up the, 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 the startups either, right? I mean, you want to together generate the value. 
right, for all the people involved. I think, uh, and, and that goes then to the chemistry, right? I mean, do I have the same mindset as the as the, the partners in the uh, the GPs in the fund, right? I mean, do we so so talking to the uh, as Vojta said, you know, talking to the people who are actually driving this is important to understand. Yeah. Are we on the same wavelengths? You know, if yeah. we, do we speak the same language? Do we yeah. do we view the world? Yeah. Similarly, I'm not saying the same, but we are we thinking along the same dimension, about along the same patterns, right? Yeah. Obviously, we will differ yeah. in our positions yeah. eventually, but but I think we have to have certain alignment. I think I I heard of one of the VCs we invested in who said it very well. I think when he said that, well, to be honest, probably 70% of my capital that I have in my LP base. I'd wish I didn't need because I, I hate those fuckers. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think it goes both ways, right? Essentially. So yeah. Why but, would you get somebody on board that, that you know? Yeah. Let's, but then you know you need that pencil pushing uh, uh, <laughs> sovereign wealth fund that is coming in with the 20 million euro ticket. You still need it, uh, but it's just the VC type guys are typically very much, you know, like angels and want to be part of that ecosystem. But they just end up in in the other wor uh, world as well. So I think I, I think it was funny to hear you as well with with, with you know we're partying you know we're gonna fight people that well that's actually what most VCs you know the, they they chose to go the route of VC, mm. which is not a very you know most VCs could get much more <laughs> much wealthier if they chose to be in either normal private equity <laughs> consulting <laughs> so there are many other routes to wealth than than vc um for most people peter come in and uh, help yeah us here. Uh, the same topic well i think investing in vc it's uh, very much similar to like uh, as investing in, in a startup well i think uh, all lps or future please that's just make to uh, need need to make sure that the team they are investing in, in here uh, you know, will be here in 10 years or something because it's it's long term. Startup we see, it's a long run. So so you you need to trust the team that the team will will make it over over next years, uh, and that uh, uh, and you have to obviously trust the team that uh, is doing the, the good good job. I mean, professionally and. Uh, Individual as well because as uh, well the best the best investor moment are with people that you like you know personally that that you that you go along and it goes uh, both sides so poor poor guys these these GPs well well but just yeah. that that's a lot if you want to grow you, you want to find bigger bigger investors oh then you then then you <laughs> then you fish in different uh, yeah. uh, dif uh, different, different ocean yeah. uh, and so I like uh, talking to. To uh, to LPs that uh, have the same mods, mindset as we yeah. have. Yeah. I'd love to just here. We're wrapping up. I think we've got a one and a half minute. I want uh, you know. I'd love to just get your take on VC has been really booming lately. We're seeing many new funds coming up. Do you think that we're at a stage where you know an angel investor can confidently invest in? most funds that they might get pitched and then they you know they should expect it to to go well or do you think that you need to do quite some due diligence on a fund investment as well because it's actually it's tough work <laughs> i love whoever maybe let's start with the lp <laughs> i don't know i don't know how, how it's booming uh, 
uh, assuming if it's booming, you know, then there will be a dilution of quality, and so due diligence, due diligence will be more important. But I have no, I mean, honestly, no evidence, you know. No. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Now, so, so I have. I have LP in my LinkedIn. I can tell you it is booming. <laughs> uh, and and you, uh, from my perspective, I think we're in a, I think, so in VC you typically say that the you know the average of of our industry returns somewhere between two and three x depending on the vintage, but then you've got some that very very much outperform, and you've got quite a few that are below the two to three x, and. Uh, I can only say that, that I think that a lot of the funds that we're seeing being backed are being backed by primarily LPs that haven't done enough venture fund investing to know what they should look for. And for that reason, we're getting VCs funded that, that maybe actually shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't be funded. Um, and and I, I'm very much afraid that what we've seen in Europe has been great VC performance over the last years. I'm afraid that we're experiencing such a big boom that we're not going to see the tech sector perform worse, but we're just going to have more VCs funding worse companies. Um, exactly. So I think, I think we're at a time where, where if you want to be an LP, then look for a way for you to diligence and have a filter on those investments, either through your network or, or, or build the competence your own, or start thinking about investing into a fund of fund who you can then co-invest with, or working with someone like us, or just get close to those networks that can actually help you make those decisions, because it's just as difficult to pick a good VC manager as it is to pick a good startup. So all that you said before with how the hell should I do all that diligence work, that is actually needed for VC fund investment as well. Yeah. Don't just think that because it's a guy who's done private equity for 15 years, he'll do great in VC. Mm. You need to do that. But maybe one final comment, Peter. This is very much your conference, so I'd, I'd love for you to round this uh, yeah. This yeah, board off. I, I think we are lucky enough. We are seeing only good good VCs around us. So, so well, uh, but I agree with you that uh, you know the the approach uh, can be different. And private equity and VC, it's a, it's a big complication. You know, with private equity mindset going into VC, we see it quite often, and we don't like it, uh, especially in the early stage VCs. That this this approach shouldn't be there. Um, most people, most people <clears throat> think of that as the same, right? You know, if you're not a VC and startup type of guy, then you expect that, well, investing into private companies, you know, if you've done that with a 1.5 billion euro fund and then you want to do 30 million euro VC fund, sure, of course you could do that. Yeah. No, because you're bringing all the, you know, you're, you're bringing all the wrong things. You're bringing bricks to building a boat almost, right? <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I agree with you. But on the other hand, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that pessimistic because we are still way, way behind the US or Silicon Valley. So even if there is too much money on the market, uh, the too much money will create too many, too, too many founders. Yeah, some of them will go won't perform, but then, then the next time they could perform better. So on a long term, this is the, this is good. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, uh, not all VCs will perform. That's for sure. But that's that's the same in Silicon Valley. You know, the, yeah, just yeah. like the yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. 20 percent perform. The rest, yeah. so so yeah. so. Uh, we has to, uh, we still have the luxury that the deal flow in Europe generally is is, yeah. is very good. So. Yeah. Mm. Now, so 
understand me correctly, I'm not pessimistic at all. I'm very, very <laughs> bullish on what we'll see in VC uh, uh, and the performance that we will have. But I'm afraid that we have too many funds raising who may be, you know, I have had many conversations with people who haven't done, you know, an investment practically and then want to raise a fund. You know, start doing syndicates. Yeah. Then come back to the market once you've done five or seven or ten investments that you can kind of see actually works. Uh, don't go out and try and raise 30 million into a blind pool vehicle um, if you haven't done that. So, uh, any final remarks? You said it very nicely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so party, party with Presto. Yeah, party with us next time. <laughs> Guys, thank you very much. Thank you. Give them a warm uh, applause. Thank you for listening to this episode of The European VC, the go-to podcast for everything European VC. If you love the show, share it with your friends and join our newsletter at eu.vc.